This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, gone. Go hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon to all A's fans and baseball fans. It is time for another edition of A's Cast Live. It's Monday. We got a full week of baseball where you got the Athletics taking on the Angels down in Anaheim. Not a full slate of baseball today around the league. We'll be on – do we have a day game on Thursday? Uh, Yes. So we'll be on Monday and Tuesday from right here in our A's studio. We'll be live on Wednesday, and my buddy Johnny Gomes, so I'll be doing TV, NBC Sports California. That's a packed day over there because you're going to have Warriors, you're going to have A's, you're going to have Giants, and also NBC, which it's so funny that recently we've been seeing these, these ads or promos for King stuff which we get blacked out on NBC California, all the Kings stuff. But now we're starting to see this where they're about, hey, Kings pregame live, like all that. We never get to see that show, right? We never get to see that. Well, let's not forget our buddies at NBC in San Francisco, they do all the sack stuff there. So on Wednesday, you're going to have Warriors, Kings, A's, and Giants all going at the same time in the building. So – Going to be crazy. We'll be doing A's Cast Live from NBC Sports in uh, on Wednesday in San Francisco. Programming note there, one of my all-time favorites, a guy that we've done some great shows together, Johnny Gomes is going to join us. And I will be doing A's Pre- and Post-Game Live with Johnny Gomes on Wednesday and Thursday. So get ready, Johnny and Townie right again in San Francisco on Wednesday. I'm excited in studio to have Johnny Gomes, one of the all-time favorites. And I know he didn't have this long career with the A's, but in all the years I've been around it, one of the greatest leaders in Oakland A's history. He told me earlier to tell you to bring your A game. You tell that SOB just to be ready. Don't wear that stupid robe he used to wear around, all right? Remember him and Reddick running around in their pajamas yeah. and their robes? Be professional. You looked on the TV when I saw him on, was it Saturday? Friday, yeah, Saturday. What happened to the robes? Remember they had, they started wearing robes in 12, and then they got personalized robes. I wonder what, ha- what, what happened to the, the, to, the, to the shower 
You you wear a shower robe, a shower, whatever we call them. I, I've never worn one. You you see them in ho- fancy hotels when you're in a nice hotel, they'll have them. Uh, no, I'm not a big robe guy. Not a robe guy? No, it's not. It's, I feel like that's a bit above me. You're not a robe guy. Yeah, not a no. robe guy. Yeah, I feel like robes are above me. I don't feel like I fit that class of a guy that could to be able to. Or, they, to, or, or do they fit? Uh, no, it's not that. It's just the. Fat guy and uh, a little cool. It's the, uh, it's the um, mindset of. I feel like that. Too I, bougie I, for I, you. Yeah, I haven't reached that upper echelon of uh, wearing robes. And really, that's not what bougie means, but somehow people take it that way. But um, all right, Johnny Gomes, going to be fun. One of my all-time favorites. Absolutely love me some Johnny Gomes. The one guy, it's so funny what you think you know and what really goes on. Johnny Gomes, we won't get into this live. I can, you know, I'm able to say stuff when all the players are gone. But Josh Reddick was a handful, especially younger. And I know all of our buddies out in right field, we love them to death, and they had that great relationship with Reddick. And, and well, the right field crews had great relationships with everybody, but had the great, right, you know, great relationship with Reddick. And, you know, you had the heavyweight belt and then Spider-Man and all that. But Reddick at times, especially early, was a pain in certain people's – not mine. I love Josh Reddick. Josh Reddick was great to us. I didn't know if you were around then, but Josh – well, you were around when Reddick was here, right? Yeah, I was. So big, big wrestling guy. Reddick was great. Remember the last time we had Reddick on when he was a Houston Astro? He came out, Coco. Yeah. Coco was doing the show with me, and we had Reddick and Coco reminiscing about the great years. How Remember how awesome that was? That was 2019. That was the first year we started doing it. awesome. This. I love Red. Reddick's a great dude. But, you know, inside the clubhouse, see, we're not in the clubhouse all the time. One guy had to police Josh Reddick and really kind of taught Reddick in a lot of ways. Kind of shows you, and not just to get completely off track to start the show, but kind of shows you how reckless things were in Boston back in the day. If you watched the Francona documentary last night, and, you know, Reddick came from that culture. Like, as as much as, like, the, the party fun of the A's clubhouse there was just like a reckless thing going on in Boston. They were winning, but it was reckless in that clubhouse. Who was the guy that put his thumb on Josh Reddick and and taught Reddick, all right, you got to settle. Time to settle. Settle down a little bit. Still allowed him to be him, but got him to settle down and kind of help Reddick on an upturn for the rest of his career. Who am I? Uh, I'm going to say pedal in his own Johnny Gomes. That was Johnny Gomes. Johnny Gomes helped Josh Reddick like you. As much as Dallas Braden helped Gio Gonzalez, that was leadership. Leadership matters. Leadership means something. So uh, we'll talk to Johnny Gomes on Wednesday. Well, I, I don't mean to. I mean, when you talk about leaders, I figure we might as well forward promote something else. We have the leader of men coming on with us tomorrow. Fran Reardon? Fran Reardon will be on with us tomorrow. Leader of men. Talk about what's going on in, with the uh, aviators. Um, oh, you want to talk about leadership, and you want to talk about a guy who was around greatness. Joining us today, our good buddy, one of my all-time favorites. Loved him as a player, but like him even better that I've gotten to know him, and he's truly one of the great friends of the program, is going to join us. The, the World Series champion, the All-Star, and one hell of a broadcaster, Mark Gubazaw is on the program today. Do you remember the nickname he told us they called him in the clubhouse? The Cabana Boy. Cabana Boy. The Cabana Boy is going to be on today at 4.30. And then Johnny D. Johnny D better show up. 
Johnny D, you know, I, I need some enthusiasm. I need I need I need him. Talk about somebody, bring your A game. Let's go bring it today. I need Johnny D to bring it today. So text him. Uh, I'm sure he's listening. He usually texts me during the show. He if that's... you're gonna be at five thirty and you're gonna be in what we call PM drive, uh Dosco, say something today. All right? <laughs> I don't need cliches. I don't need no, you're not on TV anymore, hot shot. You're back to doing what we like to call Streaming? I was going to say talk radio, but we're not on it. Talk streaming. Be ready to bring it. Say something. Say something. All right? Don't be telling me look at someone's baseball card. Look at the back of the baseball card. I'm not looking at the back of the baseball card. Well, I, I Johnny think, D better bring it today. Or want, maybe his last appearance. I want some Sam Sammy Long uh, uh, knowledge. He, he knows him from Sacramento. Oh, you always said we won't trade with the Giants. It seems like the Giants are our only trading partner now. Yeah, Sammy. whoever the Giants get rid of, we're now trading for for cash. Bring them on down. Yep. So we got the A's got acquired left-handed pitcher Sam Sam Long from the Giants yesterday for cash considerations. Earlier last week, Cal Stevenson traded to the Giants for wait. So they just flipped the cash back because remember we got cash for Cal that we just send that cash back to the Giants for Sam Long. That's a great question. How does it work? Like, does like someone run a check over? <laughs> They've, this, do they vent this David Venmo Farhan? <laughs> I'll get you a check in the mail, bro. Or do we have a carrier go over with a check? Yeah, here, here, here's 250 G's. They sent a front office intern over. I mean, how does that Baseball work? Ops. How does the money work? How do you switch it back and forth? We got to remember this. Uh, because, you know, it's, you know it's, it is funny, but, like, there are banks. You're the bank of the team, and the you know when the team pay it through it, writes a check. The bank is on there. I mean, it's it's a business. There's money being transferred. There's true money being transferred. How does it just account to account? How does it work? It's a good question for David Force. Because we'll years ago, next. you didn't have electronic banking. Wasn't that long? I mean, in the timeline of electronic banking. Wasn't that long ago. In my lifetime, there wasn't electronic banking. So if I did a deal with, I don't know, the Chicago Cubs or White Sox or the Royals or whoever, and we did a cash deal, how did that work? Yeah. I also think, how, how does a player get from Oakland or San Francisco to the Triple Eight? So do, does Cal Stevenson get an Uber from Oh, no, he's playing in Vegas, so that wouldn't work. Correct. Yeah, he'd be flying, yeah. I was going to say, if he was playing in Oakland. Ricardo and Rincon just, just went from clubhouse club. to clubhouse. <laughs> You know what I never thought, you know, like like Ricardo Rincon. So he leaves the Indians to play for the, the A's, right? Correct. 2002. So he's staying in a hotel, probably like the St. Francis, because at that time everybody stayed at the St. Francis. So if he's staying in a hotel room at the St. Francis, his stuff, is his personal stuff, is his luggage is, is in the room. His stuff at the ballpark that, you know, because your luggage, your equipment and stuff goes to the clubhouse at the ballpark. Your luggage goes to your hotel room. So part of your stuff's in Oakland. Part of your stuff's in San Francisco. So what do they do with his stuff in San Francisco when he gets traded to the A's? Do they just say, and Mickey would have been the traveling secretary. We got to ask Mickey. Like, did you just say, Stay, stay, stay there at the St. Francis, and we'll just call the St. Francis and extend your stay, or pack your stuff up. We're sending you to a different hotel. 
It's a good. Oh, that's a really good question. Like, what do you do? And, we never ask. Like, what do we do with these guys? How do we get them to and from, and where are they going, and luggage? Like, how do we make their lives? I mean, it's crazy. Like, you've been traded. Go to the other clubhouse. Well, my stuff's at the St. Francis. Well, you just stay there, or you like. So all of a sudden, you went from I'm here with Cleveland. I'm going to be at the St. Francis for basically three nights because you fly in here. Then you're going to play two nights and you're out travel day. Um, all of a sudden, your life is now. I was living in Cleveland. I got stuff in bags at the St. Francis, and then now I'm going to stay at the St. Francis, and I got stuff in Cleveland. I mean, that's a crazy nomadic lifestyle. Yeah, and it's funny because um, Mickey, um, who doesn't really do a lot, he doesn't make a lot of media appearances or make himself known on camera. Uh, Mickey basically comes into the Ace Cast booth every game to – Chop it up, as they say. Rant and rave. Yeah, and then that's that's all we we can't get him on air. We we get all the we get all the real stuff, but it's all off air. Yeah, so Mickey all was, off the record. M- Mickey was in a video that the social media team did on who's going to win in the uh, who you root for in the NBA playoffs, and Mickey's like, oh, I'm rooting for my Knicks. Is that what he said? <laughs> <laughs> He's a New York guy. It is what it is. Um, it's the first time I saw Mickey in a video in a long time. All right, we're 13 minutes into the show, and we haven't talked about Vegas. And obviously, if you didn't follow the show on Friday, we threw it out there and said, listen, we understand your pain. We understand it. We're all feeling it. It is what it is. You know, and now you've had X amount of days and there's all kinds of stuff still going on Twitter and columnists are checking with sources and everybody's got all this stuff going on. You know, we can't control it. We can't. We feel we feel bad for Ace fans. It's awful. Um, but we got to continue doing what we do. We got to continue. It's like the play-by-play is still going to go on. We're still going to cover the team. We're still going to cover the league. And I, I, I've tried to tell everybody that I know because everybody, like, wants answers. Everybody has questions. And it's like there's no secrecy. The A's have signed a letter of agreement to purchase land in Las Vegas. That's it. That's where we're at. And they've said they're shifting their focus to Las Vegas. I mean, it, it's pretty simple what has been done. Other than that, we don't, we don't have, and I can just read it to you. I mean, it's pretty simple, and I know people don't, people don't want simple. They actually want more than that. And I, I just, I'm going to give it to you. The A's have signed a purchase agreement for land for a future ballpark located in Las Vegas. They've signed a purchase agreement, a letter of intent, and the A's are shifting their fo- their focus to Vegas, and there's significant work ahead on any deal to be finalized. That's it. Lots going on. Lots could happen. There's no more for us to update. There's just not. And we're not going to be going, this source said this, this source said that, this. I mean, that's not that's not a game we're going to play. Other people are going to play that game, and other people really are going to play that game for us. So we'll just pay attention to what everybody brings up, but that that's where we're at. So we're not going to be chasing ballpark stories. We're not going to be chasing theories. We're not going to be chasing, even though I love conspiracy theories, we're not going to chase conspiracy theories. We're just not. That's not what we're paid to do. 
We're paid to cover the team and to cover the league. And that's just what it, you know, control the controllables. That's what we can control. And we'll continue to do that. So I know there's been a lot of people requesting that we go talk to this person. We go talk to that person. We do that. We're going to let other people handle that. We're going to stick to in between the lines talking baseball. And if that's something that bothers you, once again, we're sorry. But that's what we're built for. That's what, you know, we're staying in our lane. We're not getting out of our lane. We're staying in our lane. So if you love baseball, you want to hear about the A's, you want to hear about Major League Baseball, you want the biggest guest in the game of baseball, we're still going to do what we do. But day in and day out, we're not going to sit here and ride this roller coaster ride that's ballpark theater. We're not going to do it. And when updates are given to us to tell you, we'll, we'll give you those updates. But that's the update I have. Now, there's a lot of people saying a lot of different things. All I can tell you is what is actually fact. What is, actual, what is the actual facts? Okay? When you hear sources, this person, that person, hearing this, hearing that, and now you're getting all of this from two different states, you're getting this from local governments. You're getting this. Some you may be getting it from elected officials. Some you may be getting it from people who are not elected officials. And that that really is scary, too, is when you have people referencing sources in towns that have already lost two professional sports teams. You know, I, I say all all the time, this is not my first rodeo. I've already done this with the Raiders. So I'd be very I, – I, I don't want – this is a quick little opinion, even though I really don't want to give a lot of opinion. Here's a quick little opinion. I really don't want to hear from sources who have already lost the NBA and the NFL. And now you're giving me more information when you, you're already a loser twice. So I, I, I me personally, would be very weary of that when I hear people talking about sources. And then, we I've never done business in Nevada, so I don't know sources about Nevada either. I can just give, give you what actual facts are. These are simple facts. Indisputable, as they like to say. The A's have signed a purchase agreement for land for a future ballpark located in Las Vegas. A's are shifting the focus towards Las Vegas. And the A's have significant work ahead before they de- before the deal can be considered finalized. That is facts. That's where it is. All the other stuff we can't look at as facts. Uh, I really wanted to start the show today with what I thought was a conspiracy theory that I don't think is a conspiracy theory anymore. I think it's a borderline fact. You want to talk facts. Uh, something has come down, though, in our email. Do you see that? Uh, we have a move made. I haven't got anything recently. Oh, the one we got earlier? We can update on that. Let me let me get it. Adrian Martinez, ha- Adrian Martinez is on the 15-day injured list, retroactive to April 23rd, right elbow strain. And that will clear the 25-man spot. The move clears a 25-man spot. What is the 20? We have 26 people now. Yeah, I think it's, it should be 26. We're not 25. Yeah. We Have we gone back to 25 men on a roster? Yeah. Uh, I hope not. Oh, because then now you're going to really need more innings out of your starters. Yeah. Um. Oh, God, I love 
By the way, it's crumbling around you. What? It's crumbling around you. Because the ground went six yesterday? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did that on postgame show. Remember, they were saving him for the for the postseason. What do you do against the Padres in the postseason? Six innings. What do you do yesterday? Six innings. Um. So that's, that's how you get Sam Long onto the team. But – Adrian Martinez goes 15. The clear spot for Doesn't Long. go 15. Goes in onto the 15-day IL. IL. Retroactive to April 23rd. The clear spot on the 40-man. I don't know how our fans are going to feel about this because people like this guy. The A's have designated Dermis Garcia for assignment. There's a lot of first basemen right now in the system with Soderstrom and Moda, I know, I Aguilar. know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Do I like that? I don't like that. I mean, Dermis showed he could hit the ball to the ballpark every once in a while. That's why the Yankees liked him. They signed him, right? As a they signed, he, was a, he was a bonus baby. Not drafted, but international bonus baby. Um, yeah, I don't like it, but, I mean, that's the business of baseball. I know this. I really give Dermis Garcia a try than, Jose, than Jesus Aguilar. Yeah, he's younger. What is Dermy? He's 25, 3, 4, he's 23. He, he's in his early he's to mid. He's 25 or less. He is 25 years old. He's 25. Jesus Aguilar is 32. Yep. How many home runs does Aguilar have? Well, he hit that one against Cleveland, right? One. Dramatic, but one. I mean, I, didn't, I, I don't need a singles hitter. I needed a guy to hit bombs. So, I mean, if it was me – and I'm looking for the future. Am I looking for Jesus Aguilar or am I looking for Dermis Garcia? Garcia. I'm just saying. Um, have the Rays gone deep yet in their that's game against what Houston? I, that's what I was just looking at. No, Bregman went deep for the Astros. The uh, Randy Arozarena has a triple, but no. Randy Arozarena. So I love that name. 2-2 two, two in that game, uh, but no home runs for the Rays. So 22 straight games worth of home run. Okay. You have a team. Getting back to the juice ball. You've got a team. That's hit a home run every game to set a new record? Every no, game. Correct. Every single game they've played in, they've hit at least one. What's their 48? 48, and they've allowed 12 coming into today. 48. Yeah. Okay. We've got Max Muncy's got 11. 11. Yep. Polar Bear's got 10. 10. I think there's another. Is there another player that has? But we got a bunch of dudes at 7 and 6. Are like- you trying to tell me that they did – I if if it and we'll ask Cabana Boy, the great <laughs> Mark Gubazaw. Uh Wisdom has nine. I thought he had ten. He has nine. They were freaked out that somehow, some way, if the rules didn't work in their favor, right? Manford ball didn't work. Which it's totally working, by the way. Uh if you watch MLB now today, oh my God. Ground balls that are pulled by left handed hitters average way up. Way up. Line drives pulled by left-handed hitters, average up. I mean, it's like, come on. The no-shifting, pitch timer, you name it. Problem is, juiced baseball. Did they juice the baseball knowing that rules were changing and it was the one fail-safe thing they had that if people weren't happy with the timer, people weren't happy with I, I don't know who was going to be pro-shift. I mean, if you were who was pro-shift? If you really go back and look at it, how many fans were pro-shift? I'm, I mean, I'm one. I, don't, I can't name off the top of my head. but I don't know. I take phone calls from a lot of people. Nobody was pro-shift. No. 
So the fan base didn't want it. Now even the most hard-head guys like yourself realize it's the game is better the way we've done with the rules. It's just faster games, offense, stealing, everything has worked, right? But just in case, what do we do? Juice the baseball. We're talking about the uh, James Outman kid, Redwood City, Sarah High School, Sac State, Bay Area kid, 25 years old, seventh round, eighth round pick, something like that out of Sac State. Some of you probably know him, went to school with him, maybe played ball with him or against him. That's uh, Dodgers James Outman for people who don't know who James Outman is. James Outman plays for the Dodgers. He's basically replacing Cody Bellinger. Seventh rounder. Seventh rounder, right? He's got, after his weekend in Chicago against Cody Bellinger, he's got seven bombs, right? 311 and 190 OPS He's 25. He's got seven bombs. He's on pace. What does that put him on pace for? He's not even out of the month yet. Well, if he has seven, that's close to, I'd say, 40, 50 maybe. Okay. How many center fielders? This guy's out of nowhere. How many center fielders in the history of baseball Guys who were legit, they played center field, hit 50 home runs. I'll wait for it. Uh, hit 50? You got to hit 50. Aaron Judge last year. I would not. He played center field, though. He played some, but I wouldn't. he's not an everyday guy. I'm talking about an everyday center fielder. It's, that'd be a hard part. Brady Anderson? Nope. He hit 49 anyway, right? Come on. There's a couple. Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle. Griffey. Griffey. He also played New York at the time. Uh, around then. Oh, my God. Center field. Why am I blanking on a center fielder? Because you're so – you don't think about baseball history. Remember there was the Giants and the and the Dodgers played in New York? Uh, yes, but – Have you heard of a guy named Willie Mays? Oh, yeah. So, three guys. Is that it? Is there – there's only three? I can think of three. I can think of Mays, Mantle, and Griffey, who were full-time center fielders. Now, you might say, Judge, I mean, Judge plays all over the place. Judge played a lot of center field this year. But, I mean, how many guys have hit 50 home runs and played center field? Brady Anderson hit 50. Did he play? Brady? I thought he hit 49. That's 50. That's what it's saying. Man, uh, I, I think he pretty were they, were they Were they were they legit home runs? Oh, that was total steroids. Um. I think that might be it because I um, – Trout's never been there. He's come close a few times, but he's never gotten to 50. But what if James Outman does? It's interesting for a guy that no one's ever heard of until this past year. Yeah, Brady hit – yeah, he hit 50 right on the nose. I thought that was 49. All right, Brady Anderson one year. I mean, it's not – it's a small group. What's the, uh, what's the most Trout ever hit? I think Trout's high was like 44. 45. I want to say, yeah, I think 45 maybe. The year he hit, like, it was almost a 40, 40. His career high in home runs, Mike Trout, 45, and he also, yeah, 40 home runs that year. 45 home runs. He stole only 11, but he had 49 steals and 30 home runs his first year. Yeah, 49. So, so you're going to, I mean. 45, sorry. Are you going to tell me the ball's not juiced? I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. Home run totals are up everywhere. I mean, the Nationals as it's a crazy. The Nationals have, as a team, and they're one of the worst offenses in the league, have 10 home runs as a team. The A's have 20, so they've doubled what the Nationals have done. 10 home runs for the Nationals. Max Muncy's done that by himself. So has Pete Alonso. Now, the, now the problem with the A's, I mean, if you want to go to the problem with the A's, you're last in team ERA, you're last in starters ERA, and you're last in bullpen ERA. It's a recipe for disaster. 
So your last, so your starter ERA is 7.97. Actually, everything went down yesterday, hard to believe. Starter's ERA is 8.88, and bullpen ERA is 6.99. I think, like, the next closest starter ERA is the Rockies, maybe? And they're, they're, they're not very good either, but... So the Royals are the next closest bullpen ERA at six point five one. I'll get you. I'll get you your answer to your starters here. I think it's the Rockies, and they're like two runs behind, like two almost two full two full runs lower than the A's when it comes to starter ERA. Uh that would be incorrect. That would be the Boston Red Sox. Rockies after after them. So the A's are at eight point eight eight for their starters ERA. Eight point eight eight. The next closest team. The Boston Red Sox at six point six one. That's how that's that's how rough it's been. And then you got the Rockies at six point four eight, Cincinnati at six point zero one. That that's that's how bad it's been. It's not going well. I mean, Lisa. I mean, Lisa. Hey, um, you want to look at the uh, uh, glass half uh, half full? The A's aren't last in off a lot of offensive categories. No, they're in the bottom five of the league, but they're not last. But that gets back to the point of, I mean, I, you, you hate just coming in and, and really just going, ah, juice baseball again. But, man, the home runs that are going on, it's just unbelievable. And I get it. I get the conspiracy theory that you were afraid of, if you're baseball, because we know they control the baseball. And if you were afraid that you start the season and the rules aren't working and the new rules and fans are angry, the one thing, like, you know, as we say, deodorant, that winning's the greatest deodorant. It cleans up any stink. Well, it's kind of like that for home runs. No matter what's going on, as long as you hit home runs, people are happy and people are excited. So, I I, I don't know. The ball is flying out, though. Yeah. Um, it's the Rays. I'm going to keep tracking and see if the Rays end up hitting a home run. Right now, as of right now, they're down 3-2, so they haven't caught the bat in the bottom third yet. Do we have the man who's in the Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame? We do. Hold on. Let me, let me add World him. Series champion, all-star, great broadcaster for <laughs> the Los Angeles Angels, the great Mark Gubazal. Gooby, how are you? Chris, Cody, what's going on, fellas? Uh, we're just getting ready for uh, today's action. I want to ask your expertise uh, what do you think about when your team has the worst ERA, your team has the worst starters ERA, and your team has the worst bullpen ERA? How do you feel about that start? Wow, you're, you're going with all these fun pitching statistics for me. You know, Chris, that's not fair. I remember one year with Kansas City, I think it was maybe 94, where we started off uh, maybe 1-13, and, and that's when Cleveland was really good. So it didn't feel good about our chances of coming back in there. But you know what? Every day we went to the ballpark thinking we were going to win the game that day. So that's all you can ever think of is you're going to chance. I mean, over the years, so you go back since 2002, the Angels and the A's, every game has been close, one or two run games. That's all you can think of if you're the A's right now, that you've had a lot of success. You've had close games against the Angels. That That's all you're going to think of coming into the series. I mean, so you, you think of the – Is that really, half full for you, by yeah, the way? Yeah, yeah I, I, need, I need more, by the way. I'm thinking about in your career, you played on <laughs> such great teams with great players. If you were to give advice to some A's players about how that, hey, no matter what happens the night or day before, you got to scratch that and show up the next day ready to rock. It's like easier said than done. What advice, if Mark Kotze called you in, what advice would you give to A's players? Well, Chris, this is what happened to me early in my career. Dennis Leonard, who was a great pitcher back in, in, in the day, he had won 20 games three times. He told me this, and, and I remembered it from the second he told me 
because I watched what he reacted to. He says, as soon as the game is over, you have 30 minutes to either, he said, dig yourself like, hey, I'm pretty good, or be mad at your performance out there on the mound or at the play, whatever it's going to be, or in the field. After those 30 minutes, it's done. If you carry over and, and be so happy about what your performance or so down on your performance, it's going to carry over the next time out on the mound. So I think the, no matter what the scenario is for Mark Kotze right now with his team, is whatever happened yesterday doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all because you can't go back on and change anything. you got to think about how you can win each inning going forward if you're the Oakland A's. You know, I think about preparation in between starts and having a routine and sticking that, sticking to that routine, believing in that routine. Because we've got, if there is a place that we do have young players right now, it's starters that are learning their way. Mm-hmm. What is yeah. what is the importance? We we know game day is the ultimate thing, right? It's the day you're pitching. Yeah. But how important is your preparation leading up to that and finding that routine and sticking to it? Yeah, you don't want to ever go out and take the mound and ever say to yourself, I don't know if I'm ready both physically or mentally to be out there competing against the very best players in the game of baseball. And when you're, you know, Oakland, you're facing a team that has Mike Trout and, and Shohei Otani at the, you know, at the top of the order, Anthony Rendon and Hunter Renfro swinging the bat ex- extremely well. So if you're not ready physically and mentally, then you, you have no business being out there. So your preparation as far as your, your throwing routines, your running routines, your lifting routines, but also – prepping on what these guys have been swinging about well and what they've been struggling with. So when you take the mound, you have a chance to win. And a lot of times, especially as young pitchers, you give hitters too much credit. And that's something we all learn as, as young pitchers. That that's not the right thing to do because hitting is still the hardest thing in sports. We've talked about this before, yeah. that if you go out there thinking, okay, he's got a good chance to make it a, a good pass. He's going to barrel the bat on me if I don't make a pitch. Well, then you're done. So you should go out there where the thought is, if I make my pitch, I'm getting anybody that's taken that by the home plate, whether it's a righty or lefty, I'm going to own them that day. If you go in there with that attitude, chances are you're going to be successful. Exactly. We give these guys way too much credit. I mean, in the end, I mean, no one even hits 300 anymore, barely. So it means like, you know, they're not getting a lot of hits. Yeah, I agree with you. We need to start telling our pitchers, stop giving these guys too much credit and go after these guys. Yeah, you have to because the minute – any negative thought creeps in your mind that, boy, if I get a pitch out over the plate, Trout's going to hit it a mile. Well, he will. But if I go up there thinking, okay, if I can get Trout to expand the zone, maybe get him to swing at something above the strike zone, then you have a shot. And, and that's the whole mindset you have to have. But, you know, whoever I was going to face, whether it was that one year when, when George Bell was the hottest player in the history of mankind, the first George couple of games of the year with Toronto, where he had three home runs off Sabrig, had a home run and a couple doubles off Charlie Lebrand. And I remember going out of game three going, okay, what do I do here? I said, you know what? I'm going to see if he'll fish for some breaker balls out of the strike zone because he's hit every fastball. And lo and behold, he swung at a couple ones early, and I was able to get in his mind, and I was able to get him out that day. But if I had thrown fastballs or going up in the theory like, Boy, he's going to hit one far off me. Well, he would have hit one far off me. I loved it, Chris Berman. George Taco Bell. Boy, he could yeah. swing it. Uh, yeah. By the way, Trout, I think this is truly amazing. I mean, you think of how long the A's have been in Oakland. You think of all the great players who played in the division, Hall of Famers, guys we consider the greatest players. Mike Trout is only 31 years old. If he hits a home run in this series, he's going to tie A-Rod and Rafael Palmero for the most home runs against the Oakland A's. And let's face it, a lot of Trout's career, we've been pretty good. We've been going to the playoffs. We've had good teams. And I know he's done the same thing against Texas. I know it probably doesn't amaze people. 
probably didn't amaze people about Trout anymore. You've seen it so much, but just think yeah. about that. At 31, he's going to have more home runs against any against the Athletics than any of all those great players in such a fast time. That's mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean, and you play some of those games, obviously, here at Angel Stadium, which is not a great home run park, and then you go to Oakland outside yeah. of playing in a day game. You have to crush the ball to get it out of there. And you mentioned there were some pretty good teams with good starting pitching and very, very, very good bullpens with power arms. So it wasn't like it was, you know, hey, it's a layup for Trout. They had the ball out. So he had to do it against some really good players and put those type of numbers up and have the, potentially the all-time home run lead as far as against the Oakland A's. That's, that's really impressive to see. Granted, you play a few more games with the way it was set up over the years, but now you're back to a more balanced schedule. It changes up a little bit, but still they're pretty impressive numbers for two ballparks that aren't necessarily home run hitting ballparks yeah he we know he's an all-time great now he's tr truly amazing you know one of the things about Otani that most guys at this point with the whole thing about what's his contract going to be where he's going to play it would just be distraction city everywhere but I get the sense from afar whether coming out of the WBC just everything around this guy is not a distraction it's like yeah. somehow it's like he's impervious to, to distractions and to the noise that's outside. That is a tremendous skill. Laser focus, Chris. I mean, it's unbelievable, his work ethic. Every day, I saw him out there again today, you know, going through his routine on the pitching side. Now, he does a lot of his hitting inside or in, in the cages out there beyond center field here. But every day, there's a routine. And he's, and he's got it down to, a, to an art. Even the day before, like, he'll be pitching on Thursday against the A's day game here but he'll still throw a light bullpen session on that Wednesday because he's all about his routine the weighted baseballs he throws out there against the walls everything is set up to be able to, to be able to go out and dominate on the mound but also still during the course of that training pitching wise he's still focused on hitting the ball 450 feet that's the thing I always find amazing and then yesterday hits a home run yeah. and then he beats out a ground ball to the first baseman flying down the line. I think his speed was like 29.5 feet per <laughs> second, which is just under elite speed. And remember yeah. he just pitched just a couple days before that yeah. I mean, all the things you see him doing, but it, it all starts because he wants to be the best player the game has ever seen. And, and because of that work ethic, he's getting there right now. He's getting there. Although you always see guys have to do it over a longer period of time, but this is so, you know, two and a half, your stretch he's been on right now is as good as anybody's ever played any sport. We always marveled how Cal Ripken played every day. Whether he was going good or he wasn't, you played against him for years. How does he play every day? I mean, now we're kind of a point is how does how does Shohei do it? We know he does it at such an elite level both, but how does he keep the body from breaking down and having those periods to where you're physically worn down, you got nagging injuries, it just doesn't seem like it's there. How does he do that? What is he doing with his body every day? I mean, that's the thing. He played, what, about 155 games last year, probably be around there this year. And, and he also is going to start anywhere between 25 and 29 starts on the mound and still play all these games. Part of it is I go back to his routines. He, he, he loves sleeping and he loves working out. That's that's his routine. And so every day he comes to the ballpark and he's ready to play. And I think a lot of times when you're asked as a player, are you tired? You need a day off? Well, he always says, I just want to win. So that kind of keeps that distraction away from him. Because after a while, when people ask if you're tired, they always think, you go, am I tired? Am I, should I be tired? Well, he deflects that right away by saying, I just want to win. And he would play every day. Phil Nevin literally has to say, you're not playing today. Otherwise, he'll find a way in there. Even if it means he'll come in to pinch it later in the game. 
All right, so uh, sleeping and working out. Can you imagine if back in your day everybody thought about going to bed early and not going out late? <laughs> I don't know how I react to that one. I'll, I'll probably pass on that one, Chris. I'll get myself in trouble. <laughs> you know the fun thing about the the managers we have going is that I played in college against Phil Nevin and, of course, against Mark Kotze here at San Jose State. Cal State Fullerton was in our conference. So you got two Cal State Fullerton guys, two Southern California guys managing the team. So just take us through Phil Nevin, just what it's been like, and how do you view him as a manager? You know what? You know, and the same thing I know with Mark Kotze. I've talked to him a number of times over the years. These are player managers. I think a lot of times you get so caught up into, you know, the data that all these players are given. And you kind of have you don't build those relationships. That sometimes you we always used to have as, as a manager and a player. These guys are like they're building having every day. It's about how the players feeling. What did you do with your family the night before? How's everything going? What do you need? What can I do to make you better? And I think that's the thing that's going to make Phil Nevin a really, really good manager down the road here. Obviously, there's been some games here and there. It's gotten away from the team, but they're still at 500 right now. But the players love playing for them. I know talking to Phil during the winter, you know, Shoei Otani, Anthony Rendo, Mike Trott, they were texting him like every day just to see how, what, what improvements the team's going to make. What can we do as players to give this team a chance to get to the postseason? I think he's the kind of manager right now that's going to get the most out of all his players going forward. If you do that and you stay relatively injury-free, injury this team should be pretty good all the way through. Well, then, of course, as we – every day that goes by, there's going to be more questions about Otani and his future with, with the Angels. Obviously, I don't know. You don't know. We don't run our ball clubs. We don't run that stuff. But just how important – I know Trout's been commenting on it. Wherever you go, whatever town you're in, you're going to get asked about it. What what is the key to kind of like hey we got to focus on the game and we got to we got to let the out not outside outside no, noise go now Otani's good at it but how about the rest of the team? Yeah, I mean obviously we were just in New York at Boston, boy that was a lot of fun. Answer oh that yeah, well since we're uh, you know you're up there in Oakland, I just say just win, baby. If you win, he's in. That's all you got to do, just win, baby. Al Davis is greatest line ever. I got to know him over the years. Yeah, obviously with Bo there and stuff. Just win, baby. If you win, there's a great chance he stays around. Al would have never let Otani get out of town. <laughs> no, I know that for sure. He would have been trying to tackle like he tried to tackle Bo Jackson trying to get away from him ever. <laughs> so when you look at the Angels, how do you view it so far? As you said, it's a 500 start. There's always expectations. They want to win, spending a lot of money. How do you view the season so far? Well, I mean, there's there's been some games that's gotten away from them, but you've been in every game. I mean, that's the thing that's been impressive. Their lineup, and there's some guys that haven't started swinging the bat yet, but, uh, I mean, it's a deep lineup. they got a, a bench right now where when you have to give it that, a guy a day off, like a Gio show may not be in there today, he gets a day off, but you got other guys that can play around him. And, you know, you got to get Brandon Drury swinging the bat like he was. He won a silver slugger last year as a utility, you know, player, and he hit the ball with 28 home runs consistently. And Taylor Ward started swinging the bat a little bit better yesterday he was great for majority of the season last year so uh, there's some a lot of things to like about it obviously a hit now with logan ohapi who's been such an impressive young catcher going to be down for maybe four to six months getting a labrum uh, tear fixed so that hurts them in the catching position but uh, overall their depth the starting pitching is it's close i felt that was going to be a strength coming in it's been pretty good it's not where it's going to be in another few weeks in my opinion so Bullpen, these guys are getting used to the role. Uh, if those guys pitch the way anywhere near they're, they're supposed to do, this team is 90-plus wins. And that should be enough to get to the playoffs, although it's a very tough division in AL West.
Well, I know this. Uh, in my other work, we got the family business with the restaurants. I've been wanting to go in the clubhouse and talk to Ohapi going, buddy, we need to partner on, on like an Irish pub outside the Big A. <laughs> I think, we, come on, go to Ohapi's. We do all the Angels pre- and post-game show at Ohapi's. I mean, I think... I think we, I think, I think we could make a lot of money with an O'Hoppies right outside the ballpark. Oh, what a great kid too! I'll tell you, his family's amazing. He's he's uh, he's already ready to start rehabbing after surgery coming up next week. So he's a he's a phenomenal kid, and I bet you know what? I'd love to be partners with him in a restaurant. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, let's end on this just to let you know we've been watching. They have thrown a lot of different play-by-play guys at you the last couple of years. And your A game is always on, and you're doing a great job. I know you always have to adjust to the different guy. You wouldn't know it. You've been fantastic. No matter what obstacle they've thrown at you, we've been watching. You've been doing great. Oh, thanks, Chris. I got my boy Wayne Randazza. Call him the Dazzler. The Dazzler's here for – he'll be doing the majority of the games anyhow. It's, it's, it's been great, really. I've been pretty fortunate enough to be able to work with Wayne now and – we're building that relationship. So the Dazzler has been awesome. Or Wayne's World or Bruce Wayne, whatever you want to call him. He's, he's all of the above. So he's, gonna, he's a great partner. All right, buddy. Good stuff. You know, we always appreciate it. We'll see you back in Oakland. All right, Chris. We'll see you out there, man. The great Mark Gubaza from the Angels, one of our all-time favorites. Yeah, they've thrown a lot of play-by-play guys at him. I mean, he, you know, obviously he's the rock, but they've had a lot of our buddy Matt Vaskersen was doing games. I mean – uh, not easy to do. It really isn't because everybody's got different styles and, and you, you want to play nice. And as they say, everybody play well in the sandbox together. And our guy, Gooby, one of my favorites. Great player. I'm Good glad guy. We, I'm glad we built that relationship with him and your guy, Mark Langston. We had that relationship with Matty V when he was there. We haven't talked to him in forever. Matty V's been a – Matty V keeps getting all these different shows and – He's been moved all around. I, I'm surprised uh, I haven't I, I haven't reached out to him. I might have to read. I think the last time I texted him was when we were at the winter meetings. So it's been a while. But, yeah, I, I enjoy my – as I've detailed many times, my wife is an Angels fan. Why I think we have the Rally Monkey and we have the Otani bobblehead. Um, that's why we have all this stuff. But my her family, her grandfather and her dad love Gooby on TV. Every time we have Gooby on, they tune in because they want to hear what Gooby has Gooby's to say. Gooby's great. They don't care about us. They care about Gooby. Gooby's great. I mean, his perspective. I mean, he's got great perspective about playing against the A's, all those great teams he played with with the Kansas City Royals. I mean, playing with George Brett. He's got George Brett stories. He's got he's got great Bo Jackson. He's just talking about – he brought up Al Davis, the great Al Davis. He brought up Al Davis in this. He knew Al Davis because of Bo Jackson. He used to go to, like, Raiders practices. Don, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't bring up Cabana Boy with him, though. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> When I see when I see him in the press box, I'm like, "Hey, Cabana Boy!" Hey, Cabana Boy! You got to know the Flamingo Kid was the movie, and uh, obviously Mark Gubaza, a good-looking man. Think about when he was young, and that movie came out, and uh, there was the Cabana Boy. I forget he told us who called him that from the Royals. Whoever in the clubhouse called it, that's what they. I forget who he told us who it was though. Um, I don't. I don't think it was George. Brett. It was a great reference for that time because yeah. that move, the Flamingo Kid, the movie was, um, was really popular. Call me crazy, but I don't. George Brett doesn't strike me as the guy that would be watching uh, the uh, Flamingo Kid or knowing what Cabana Boy was back in the eighties. Wow. Could be. I could be wrong. What are you about those guys are on planes. They constantly. I don't know. I don't know Mark. I don't know George Brett as well as you do. That's your hero. Oh, I love that man. 
A recent high school dr- graduate unsure of his future gets a summer job at the Flamingo <laughs> Beach Club. Well, and, you know, young guy, beach club, rich wives, you get the idea. Matt Dillon, the great That's Matt it. Dillon. I could, I, I, he looked familiar. I mean, just look at it. It's, like it's set in the East Coast. There's bikinis everywhere, young girls, older women. It's Matt Dillon, a kid from the streets, infiltrates rich people <laughs> at the beach club. The cabana boy, Matt Dillon. <laughs> A.K.A. Mark Gubazaw. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, now, you may not see it the way I do, but I do see it. It is amazing to me. You talk about all the great players that have played against the A's in Oakland since 1968. We could go through all the guys that have played in the American League and played against the A's, and that are in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Guys have played in this yep. division a long time. I mean, think of a guy who hit a ton of home runs and played in the division a long time. Baseball Hall of Famer. Friend of mine from uh, Japan. Good friend. Griffey. Kenny, Kenny, my good friend Kenny. Let's say I don't, Kenneth. I don't, I don't think you're. I don't think you're good friends with A Rod, but I mean I could throw. No, him. not <laughs> friends with A Rod. Me and Ken Griffey. Ken Griffey Jr. played in this division forever. Yeah, there's a lot. There were a lot of guys that played in this division. There's a, there's a tremendous amount of guys that played in this division for a long. I mean, Palmero. Palmero played in this division forever. He should be a Hall of Famer. Palmer A Rod, because A Rod played Mariners and Tigers. I mean, uh, Texas. I mean, they played in this division forever. And you're telling me Trout will have more home runs against the A. And Trout's not even considered a home run hitter. You don't, like, first thing you think of Trout, do you think home runs? Mm, What did he hit last year? 40 in like a. 40 in like zero amount of games, but yeah. 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 Um, But he does, but you don't think, like, the first, you think of Trout as all around greatness. Yeah, I don't think of him as just, I don't think of him as like a Joey Gallo power only guy. I'm thinking of a guy. There's a guy I'm bringing up. I want to see how many home runs he hit against the A's in his career. Uh, Okay, 35. Uh, That's all the home runs Juan Gonzalez hit against the A's? I mean, he owned. (laughs) All those steroids, he only got 35? The most he hit against any any team, 39 versus the Twins. He owned the Mariners, 35. He hit 35 against the Royals, 37 against the Indians. Where's David Feldman when we need him? 36 versus the Angels. Because you would think, like, okay, I get A-Rod and I get Palmero. Because Palmero, you're talking about two, they're, they're, they're two American League guys. They spent their entire career, so you got all the at-bats Palmero as a Ranger got against the A's in division. And then he bounced around. I know he started with the Cubs, but he bounced around pretty much Baltimore. Um, where else did Palmero play? Uh, Baltimore. Baltimore and Texas were his primary stops. Yeah, let's see. Raphael. And he played it. He played for the Rangers. He had multiple stints with the Rangers. Palmero played for Chicago Cubs. Yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, there's Chicago, Texas, and Baltimore. So he went Texas, Baltimore, Texas, Baltimore. So basically, his entire career is in the American League. Yeah, except for the one year, the two, the two. Those, yeah, man, the, first, the 106 games he played with the Cubs. Yeah, that's not a lot. So his entire career. Okay, how about A-Rod? A-Rod's entire career is in the American League. Correct. It, the bulk of it is going to be Seattle and Texas. And Yeah, we played with well, the Yankees too. 
Well, I'm saying, well, yeah. but I'm saying the bulk of his career is in division. Yeah, in division, yes. Yeah, what's Boomstick got? So Nelson Cruz. That's what I'm going to right now. Because his, like, seems like his entire career was against, it was Texas and, and Seattle. Uh, Nelson Cruz. Steroids, too, but. Nelson Cruz. God has a ton against the A's. 37. That's a lot. Trout's passing all of these guys. The next home run ties A-Rod and Palmero. And then two more home runs, which I'm assuming he he might do it this series. He might do it tonight. He'll be the all-time lead. So he's going. This is how badass Trout is. He is going to be the all-time leader in home runs as an opposing player against the A's and the Rangers because his his numbers are very similar against Texas. So he's going to own two franchises in his division. Do we That's need, amazing. Do we need to qualify it by saying the Oakland Athletics? Because there's a guy that has more. Against okay. <laughs> All right. Here's the deal. There is a guy that used to play that everybody's heard of that his numbers against the A's, that would be the Philadelphia A's. Um, check, check the numbers. I want to say George Herman Ruth, you know him as Babe, had 108 home runs. Because I've had to check this all these years. The only reason why I know this is because I've had to check. Because all these years we've watched Trout keep going up the list and passing people. And I've and I've checked who's got the most home runs against the A's. I'm betting Babe Ruth at 108. I'm not at my. I'm not got. I'm not doing computer. Uh, that is correct. 108. That's the second most he ever hit against any team. The other the only team he had more home runs against Washington Senators. Uh, that'd be the the Detroit Tigers at 123. Oh my god. In his career versus the Philadelphia Athletics, he hit 352 with an 1,181 OPS, and his slugging percentage was 703. That's pretty good. He hit how many against the Tigers? 123. <laughs> now, of course, there's only so many teams in the league, and they played each other a lot, but I don't care. Think about that. In 13 Babe more, Ruth hit bombs. In 13 more games, he played 347 versus Philly, the Philadelphia A's, and then 360 against Detroit. He hit 15 more home runs in those 13 games and he, against the Detroit than he did the A's. That's incredible. All right, put up Trout's numbers. How many games has Trout played? Let, let's Trout versus Ruth. How good really are you, Trout, Mister Analytics? Let's see how good he is. Well, do you want his numbers? By the way, my guy Brian Kenny made a. They, they, do you want his numbers against the A's? I want his numbers against the A's. Okay. I want games. How many games has Trout played against? Because remember, Ruth didn't play in a 162-game schedule. Mike Trout, How many games has Trout played against the A's? 166. How many did Ruth play against Philly? 300 and – I think it was. 347. So Trout's almost 200 games behind him. Trout won't even sniff that many games against the A's. Uh, no, I don't think – I mean, let's see. Who, who else has Trout owned in his career? He Texas. Had, Go look at his numbers uh, against Texas. Uh, actually, he owns another team ahead of Texas as well. Mariners. Mariners. 54 against Seattle. Home runs? Yeah. He has 54 home runs against yep. Seattle? And 180, on 181 games, he's hit 54 home runs versus Seattle. 44 versus Texas, 42 versus the A's. Wait, this is my third inning hit right here. Hold on. We're going to do a little show prep here <laughs> for my third inning. Okay, Seattle, he said how many? 54 in 180 games. 180 games. All right. 181, sorry. 181. Uh, 44 uh, in 180 games against Texas. All right, Texas is 44, 180 games. Yeah. Okay. 42 and this is going into tonight. 166 games against the A's. So so against Oakland, 
He's hit 42. And that's how many games? Uh, one, Not including tonight, 166. 160. Wait, he's played because against Seattle, it's 181. Texas is 180. Against that's only 166. He might have been hurt. Some games are in play. But has he? Has, that's a kind of big discrepancy. Yeah, he's also only he's been dodging us. That's why, because in the good years, he wanted no part of us. Yeah, he started. He's played in one soft. He's soft. He's played in one sixty six, but he's only started one sixty three of them. He saw. He doesn't. He doesn't want part of Oakland. Uh, uh, that pretty much takes care of the division. Oh, what's he got against Houston? But that he they were in the National League when he started. Uh, then uh, Houston twenty nine and one hundred thirty six. I'll write that down. Helps for the hit. So Houston, how many? Uh, in 136 games, he has 29. That's not good. Uh, the next closest team, Baltimore. 23 versus 765. Like everybody got Baltimore the last couple of years. Well, just when you think Trout owns us, he dramatically owns Seattle more. There's four teams he hasn't had a home run against. Who am I? They're all national. Four teams. teams. Four uh, Marlins. No, he has one. Uh, he has two actually. Three in the NL Central, one's in the NL West. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's one. Cincy. That's first place Pirates, by the way. Uh, Cincy's on the list. He has a home run. Uh, Cubs. Cubs. Cardinals. Cardinals and the NL West team. Uh, D-backs. D-backs. <laughs> My D-backs. Will Mike Child have a home run versus every team after this year? Can we close the book here? Okay, coming up next. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't played any. How, how's our Link Soul looking today, by the way? Got the golf shirts on today? Oh, these Team Link Soul? Mine looks like a Cabana Boy shirt with the palm trees on it. Oh, yeah. You are you look like you could be going cocktailing right now at the beach. Yeah, it is happy hour. How's your wife liking all the new threads? Um, she's impressed that I'm wearing all these polos. Usually I just wear a quarter zip all the time. Yeah. So she's happy. You're growing up. Yeah. You look nice. Coming- thank you. Huh? Thank you. And thank you, Link Soul. Link Soul. Coming up next, there is something happening in baseball that we only used to do for football. This is ridiculous. We do not want this football talk inside baseball. What is it? And how do we stop it? Next, right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Jordan Diaz will be in the lineup tonight, hitting second. Diaz, four for 11, hitting 364, a dinger, three RBIs. Safe to say, play him every game. Uh, yes, first major league home run on Friday, and the A's win every game. A- every game, no matter if he's in every the field, game in the field or DH, play him unless he needs a day off. Every game, Jordan, you're playing. He's twenty. Bring your glove. He's twenty-two. Does he need a day off? You just asked me a question. You can ask it on air. Go ahead. Is this the uh, F war question? Yes, not B war. What's, what's B war? That's a baseball reference. What's war. F war? 
uh, Fangraphs where I'll get to let me get the correct title. All right. 38, 38 qualified position players that have registered a negative F4 or worse as of April 24th. There are 38 players. Apparently, Stephen Kwan's one of them. I don't know how. Uh, there are two A's on the list. Who am I? That have a minus F4. It's very easy. And you asked me this question off air. And to let everybody know, I got it easily. Yeah, that's correct. Um, you were two for two. Two for two. I'm like, Tony Kemp? That's that's one. Let Miss Diaz. Uh, both in the lineup tonight. Both in the, both guys, negative war. Uh, F4. I think they'd be negative B war or F4. Uh, I, I could tell you. Tony Kemp's war right now is negative 0. 0.4 in baseball. So reference. it's it's negative F or B. Uh, yes, and uh, Letmus Diaz. I can always I always screw up his first name. It's hard to uh, Letmus Diaz. He his is n- negative one. So you're running out there At least on a, a consistent basis, negative wars. And this is the tough thing with veteran players when they get off to a hot when they get off to a bad start. I mean, we talk, Ledmus, we, We'd have to say because now that we have two Diazes. We got a Jordan and a Ledmus. A Ledmus, which we love the idea of him coming to Oakland and being a guy that can play multiple positions. I mean, he's got a track record. I mean, he's won a World Series. But, man, Ledmus Diaz is hitting a buck 51. Tony Camp hit 157. And they're getting a ton of at-bats. It's killing you. I don't know how else you say it. Um. They've never been everyday players. Yeah, most games of Letmus Diaz has ever played in his career. Uh, 130 uh, his third year in the league with Toronto. Remember, he was supposed to be the next shortstop for the Cardinals, was an all-stars rookie year. Then he, two years later, he's in Toronto. He plays 130 games. He has played over 100 games since that year. Tony Kemp. Uh, Kemp has played a lot more with us, but Kemp – his most games was never an everyday guy. With yeah, Houston. but it might have been last year where his most games ever played. Last year he had 147, then he had 131 year before. 2019 between two clubs he played 110. So, not an everyday player. And they're playing every day. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bang the offense yesterday. This is what I said yesterday after the game, and I know none of you are listening because the Warriors were playing. So none of you were listening. None of you were listening. I listened to the postgame. You liar. I didn't listen. You did not listen. No one was listening. I just said this, and I didn't want to be frustrated. I didn't. I didn't. I wanted to be fair. I just said, okay, this still is Major League Baseball, and we have to judge the players on, on that level. We can't every night excuse issues and I said what I want to see and some of the issues that we have are not stuff that's well because you know you need to do this in the big leagues no you need to do it at every level you have to throw strikes at every level and there are guys that throw strikes at every level and I said hey for all for I I know these and it really comes from Major League Baseball broadcasters because they're archaic and they, they still think baseball is what it used to be. I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of colleges who are training their guys better than minor leaguers are being trained. It's fact. They have better technology. They've got better coaching. It's just fact. 
They're paying more money for their coaches. They've got better uh, medical, better nutrition. They got they they got it better. They just do. So you, I I can find you guys that throw hard in college and throw strikes. I can find guys in the minor leagues who throw hard and throw strikes. There's no excuse for the A's pitchers not throwing strikes. This is not learn. Oh, you got to learn at the big league level. You got to throw strikes at every level. Playing defense is something you have to play at every level. Bad defense is not acceptable anywhere. The one that got me yesterday, and I just, I still, I just like, come on, because you still had a chance in yesterday's game. But Sam Mole throws a ball over the umpire's head for a wild pitch. Langoliers set up outside, low and outside. So you got batter, who's a left-handed hitter. You got umpire, who's now on the right side. He's basically in between the batter and Shea Langoliers. Langoliers set up outside. Sam Mole throws it over the umpire's head. Inside. Targets outside low. This goes high and inside over Langerlier's head, over the umpire's head. Wild pitch, they score, run, it's 5-2. Well, why is that significant? Well, why? Well, because Aletmus Diaz in the minus F or B war got a base hit in the ninth inning. That would have brought the tying run to the plate. But that wild pitch where you threw it over the umpire's head, I mean, these are simple things, man. Defense and throwing strikes. What that would do for this last in ERA, last in starters ERA, and last in bullpen ERA. I mean, the last in bullpen ERA to me is really, it's a reflection of the starters. The fact that the starters don't go deep, you've overused your bullpen, and that means the bullpen numbers, you know, when you got games where you're giving up well over 10 runs a game, that's having because the bullpen's having just to wear it because your starter didn't give you anything. And I want to give Mark Kotze credit. We did not have Kotze on Kotze. Kotze, as you like to call him. Uh, we did not have Kotze on Friday for the obvious reason. I feel bad, as I did for many years of Billy Bean. And if you followed my career, all these years had, had a, some type of Billy Bean show. We always had Billy on. And what was not fair to Billy was that there was nobody at the time to talk issues with the A's and ballpark. So whenever Billy went on a show, everybody wanted to, well, Billy, what's going on? Billy Bean's job never was, never will be ballpark oriented. He was in charge of baseball operations. You're in charge of of what happens with the players on the field. That's it. He was not in charge of getting land. He was not in charge of getting developers. He was not in charge of getting renderings. He was not in charge of financing. Billy Bean was not in charge of any of that. But yet, he was the only person out there, and people would ask him constantly, and it pissed him off. And he had every right to be. It's like, ask Lou Wolf. Ask those guys. I'm baseball. But everybody, if Billy went on a national show, what's up with the ballpark? Everything, I mean, he had no control over that. That's not his department. That's like if you're in sales and someone comes up to you and say, hey, why did they do that thing with the bobblehead? Hey, you don't, it's, 
That's marketing. Yeah. I, I have nothing to do. I'm in sales. I'm selling tickets, man. I, I have no idea what the why they came up with the rally towel or they came up with the bobblehead or they they came up with yeah, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi or uh, Mandalorian a, or whatever the hell he is. Yeah, that's the Mandalorian. You can get, and you can get that. Then who's he? Then who's the that's, Oh Otani's Obi Wan Kenobi. By the way, you can get your uh you can get your Mark Hotze. I got it up here on the screen. Mark Hotze Mandalorian bobblehead Thursday, May fourth. That's next Thursday on May the fourth. Be with you. Get it, uh, Mark. Mark, yes. Do you get it? And and Friday's Revenge of the Fifth. So there you go. But yeah, that's yeah. That you have nothing to do with every work in sales. Like, you have nothing. You have not. You have you zero. This has nothing to do with you. So that's my point. Is that and that's why Dave Cavill got brought on. So Billy Bean. So the same thing. It's why we didn't have Mark Kotze on last Friday. Is because everybody's trying to like ask Mark Kotze. Mark Kotze has nothing to do with anything outside of managing this team. I mean, the players in the minor leagues he talks to, they ask for his opinion. But Marcotte's job is to manage the team. His job is not where the A's playing. So we gave him the day off, talked to him next Friday. But he said something that, because I was was complaining on Saturday. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you. I was complaining on Saturday, as you knew I would. We can't have a Saturday Otani day. I mean, I mean Fuji day. We can't. Doesn't work. Can't have a guy go one day a week if he doesn't pitch. You can't have a guy go two and a third and he's pitching one day a week. It kills you. It absolutely kills you. So I came on after the game. I said it again. I had all I can. I can show you what I I'd written down for the post game show. Um, I start talking about now. Here you go. I mean, this guy. He's not. You know, he gave you two and a third. Then the next start four and a third. Then the next start six. And then the next start two and a third. He's giving you two starts of two and a third. And you're pitching one day a week. That doesn't work. That does not work. What's his ERA like? Fourteen forty now. It's awful. It's very high. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's awful. It's I, like this doesn't work. So you, you there's a couple things you got to do. You either have to say, you know what, scratch that, my man. You're going every five days. You got to learn because to me, he has no feel. And when you play one day a week, you have no feel. It doesn't work. You have no feel. He's sitting around for six straight days and then plays. So you either got to put him in the bullpen or you got to have him go every five days. Yeah. So after the game, I'm saying this, and I'm on my little soapbox. And what happens? Mark Kotze was asked about it, and I thought Mark Kotze would say, you know, we're going to stick with the plan. Fuji's going to go every Saturday. Nope. He said everything now is on the table, basically saying I've seen enough. I mean, when you have a 14-40 ERA and 15 innings pitched and four starts, uh, I don't think by you the might t- need to reevaluate. I don't think Mark Kotze had a, uh, had a conversation with the front office yet when he went out and did that press conference, but he told you as a manager, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. I can't – I can't – I the, you're killing my bullpen. One day a week, I already have to use up bullpen because you're only going one day a week. I already have to use up innings of my bullpen because you're a one-day-a-week guy. Now you're all going two and a third? You can't get through six? This doesn't work. So Mark Kotze stood his ground and gave the answer going, everything's – he left it open. So when they say, up, oh, he's coming out of the bullpen, or up, oh, you know, we're going to do X, Y, or Z with him, this whole Fuji just goes on Saturday, it's not working. 
I have the exact quote. You've got to give me a minute on that. The plan right now is to evaluate everything is on the table. We'll assess and make a decision, but obviously not tonight. There's the exact quote. Yeah, from easy, easy thing would be, ah, let me talk with David. Let me talk with the front office, and we'll get back to you. He's basically telling you, look, you got to get. You got to give me a minute. The plan right now is to evaluate everything is on the table. Everything on the table means I've seen enough. I mean, he's 12 walks and 15 innings pitched. He's seen enough, right? He's, seen, he's like, this doesn't work. Okay. Coming up next, I'll get back to, and this is going to be for you. I'm doing this for you. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm honored. Yeah, I'm doing this for you. This is an honor of Commander Cody. This is, now I'll pay off the tease, how NFL – talk is creeping into baseball talk and it has to stop and it has to stop now you're listening to a's cast live streaming from the east bay a's cast live continues with chris townsend all right every single year the nfl schedule comes out and we love going over the schedule frank caliano did a great job as john gruden <laughs> We had the fake, he had that big toy ring on. Win, 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 buy, win, win. And then he's doing other people, right? Yeah. It's a collage. Andy Reid was in there. And then he'd come back to Gruden, win, win. And then, and like the final part of it was 18, what was it, 16 or 17? 16 and 0, man. 16 and 0, man. Win, do you have it? Uh, let me see. It's gonna be a YouTube video, so we'll give it a second. There might be an ad. All right. No, it's win, not. Win, win. We're playing doesn't matter. Here we go. All right, going over the schedule. Andy Reid. Whatever. Hold on, my home jersey. Yeah. Let's see what do we have here. <laughs> win, win, win. When, I don't give a rat's f**k who are Bruce playing, doesn't matter when, where, place, just bring them to us. We go to them, do whatever we got to do to just knock their f**king blocks out. Well, we pretty much play everybody exactly the same way, so. Belichick. Preparation doesn't matter. You guys want me to memorize the schedule for all 32 teams? Done. McVay. I've been thinking about it a lot in the shower. <laughs> I have been. Jerry Jones. Adam Gates. Quiet. Win, win, buy, win, 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 win. That's what we're going to do. We're going to take them down and, and knock their f***ing blocks off. <laughs> win, win, win. 16 and 0, man. <laughs> His Gruden is the best. Downy, I like your style. Um, I loved working with Gruden. I did. I, I'm, I'm, I'll always. John was some of the best TV of my career. Doing the Silver Black Show with John Gruden was a lot of fun. Um, point is, that doesn't play in baseball. And everybody keeps wanting to play. Well, the Rays start. Oh, look at the schedule. The Pirates. Look at the schedule. We play for six months playing the schedule game, who you played, who you haven't. Most teams, most teams will not have 
great records against teams that are 500 or better. And teams that are 500 or better, when they play teams that are 500 or better, usually they're around just 500. It is very rare that a team goes out and just kicks the crap out of everybody. It's just it, it's just the way the sport works. You play every day for six-plus months. No one's going to dominate every day, every week, every month. Doesn't work that way. So it really doesn't matter. Who won the World Series last year? Oh, the Astros. Uh, how did the A's do against the Astros? Uh, not great. We swept them one series. Oh, I meant overall, yeah, but we did sweep them. It was only, I think it was the only time the Astros got swept. We lost 102 games and we swept the yeah. Astros last year. Does, did, what, did, did that hurt the Astros that we swept them? I know. The Dodgers won 111 games last year. What team couldn't they beat? The I, Pirates. They were 1-5 versus the Pirates last year. It, it doesn't matter. You play who's on your schedule and you play and you add it up at the end of the year and let's go. So these guys now who want to play the NFL schedule game, you really want, well, look who they've played. Who cares? They're on the schedule. You play who you play. Yeah, it's a. Uh... I'd rather win than lose against bad teams. So me beating up on bad teams, that's advantage me. Because in our sport, correcting or any sport, the most wins are the teams that play in the playoffs. Uh, yes. Is that right. still something? Yeah. Well, if I hammer the bad teams and I play 500 against the good teams, there's a good chance I'm going to the playoffs. So while these schedule people now in baseball want to go, ah, they haven't played anybody, what does that mean? So It doesn't mean anything. You have to do well against the bottom feeders. Unfortunately, us teams need to win a series against us. Losing a series against us is bad news and can dramatically affect you at the end of the year when we talk about are you making the playoffs or not, where are you seated, are you home, are you away, are you playing Are you playing this short series at home or away. Those series against teams like the A's and the Royals in Detroit matter. Just the way the sport works. So I, it, you're, you're, I'm going to say, tell anybody, I say, you're an idiot if you're talking the schedule game. Well, this all stems from what people were saying about the Rays when they started out hot. By the way, they're up six three right now on the Astros, and they have a loss at home. They're going to be—they could be fourteen zero if they hold on. Uh, they're five and two versus uh, teams that are five hundred or greater this year. This all—and then today, I kept saw—I saw the power rankings. The Pirates now have the second best record in Major League Baseball. They're sixteen and seven in first place in the NL Central. And I saw the well, they swept the Rockies and they played—they swept the, the Reds. Last time I checked, the Pirates have the number one pick in the draft this year. They aren't the Dodgers from last year to won 111 games that are beating these bottom feeders. They're a team that was supposed to be bad again that's playing well above their expectations and they're nine games over. So when you tell me about how they're going to do, who cares? They're having a great start to the year. Are we, are we, are we saying Baltimore's not good because they're 14-7 and seven and they've, they're 4-5 and five versus 500 teams? No. We're just looking at – we're trying to pick problems with teams that are playing well that, that we didn't see, that the national people didn't see playing well, like Tampa, like Tampa Bay getting off the start they are. Tampa Bay's good. I mean, they have a home run in 48 straight games. That record, I don't know if that's – or they forty-eight. Uh, they've a home run in 22 straight games. They have 48 as a team. They haven't hit one yet tonight, so let's see if they can keep that going. But, yeah, I'm over the schedule game. We're only, what, um, four weeks into the season, if that. It's kind of uh, – because we know from our sports talk radio days, we know how the schedule game works. Oh, well, let's look at the – you know, the Niners, you know, hear this, and the Raiders, that. It's like, huh. Yeah, worse than football, but baseball. There's 162 games. Let's worry, not worry about it in April. Yeah. A interesting article has come out about 
the Coliseum Bay Area News Group has just been sent to me about uh, Oakland Coliseum site and finances. It's very interesting. Can't read it all while we're on air, but uh, very interesting. Yeah, playing the schedule game is 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 it's just wrong. It's wrong. Well, how are they doing against bad teams? Well, you need to do well against bad teams. If you want to win 100 games, you have to do well against bad teams. Play 500 against the good teams, hammer the bad teams, and you're going to win 90-plus games, if not 100. What was the year that the A's won 18-1 versus – or whatever it was against Houston or 17-2? They went like 14-2 against the Astros, yeah. something like that. And one year, the the Guardians beat Detroit. Like it was, They won 18 of 19 games a couple years ago. Cool. Yankees against, against the Orioles. Yeah, they, yeah, that was 19 yeah. where they completely owned them. But no one was saying anything about it then. But it doesn't project anything for the playoffs because the playoffs, we already know, once you get in, it's shake them, dice, and roll them. I mean, you have no idea. It's a crapshoot, as they say. It is a total (laughs) crapshoot. You have no idea. Billy likes to keep the money on the field. (laughs) I think we need need to get that one next. Billy likes to keep the money on the field. I mean, but the playoffs are a crapshoot. They totally are. Wait, I don't remember you putting your mortgage on Philly before it all started. Uh, No. I'm not a gambling man anyway. But if you were a gambling man, you weren't putting your money on Philly. I didn't even think Philly's going to make the playoffs. They stunk. They stink now. What's their record right now, by the way? World Series They're hangover. only a couple games. Oh, by the way, Philly's bullpen's been hot. Uh, they're 11-12. T- they're yeah, yeah, but after their start, look out for the fighting. Minus 10 run differential. Come look on. at that. Oh, they, oh, what's their record versus teams that are 500 better? They're 2-7. and seven. Yeah, and they're going to get one of the best first basemen in the history of baseball back. That's true, and we're not talking about Reese Hoskins. We're talking nope. about Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. How easy is it to play first? It's incredibly hard. No, it's <laughs> not. It's easy. It's absolutely easy. Where is Johnny D? Do we have Johnny D? Hi, guys. How are you? Good. I'm at my house, man. Do you, did you remember how to get there? Yeah, I sure did. Yeah, I got here. I was able to get here. You're, you're, so after all that time in Arizona and here in the Bay Area and now in Texas, you figured out how to get home to SAC? I got it. By the way, how good did it feel to sleep in your own bed? Well, I haven't yet because I, I actually spent the night in uh, Anaheim at, at the uh, or, or in uh, Dana Point at the uh, at the Ritz. Woke up and then flew up today, so I, I will tonight. Oh, how good is that going to be? Oh, the best, the best, <laughs> absolute best. Oh, can't wait. Oh, good for you. You did a great job on TV. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Yeah. You, you yeah, know what uh, the number one thing is? It's like when you're the TV play by, just don't screw anything up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did I did say I did say River Cats once, but that was the yeah, that that was a shame. When I said that came out of my mouth, I was like, Ugh. Did you really? Funny, yeah, I did. I, I it was the seventh inning. It just a I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. Which game? Game one or game two? It's game game two. Yeah. Game two. I didn't even know I didn't even notice it. Oh yeah, okay, good. Yeah. It was funny though, because I looked at Dallas. Dallas was like, Yeah, you said it. It's like because I was saying in game one there was probably no one watching by the seventh inning. They <laughs> that was a that was that was a tough one, man. That you, was a tough. One you could sure. have said this is a Sacramento against Salt Lake, and no one would have been. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a tough that was a tough one for sure. But I'll tell you what, I uh, Mueller in the second game, 
he he settled in five innings, four runs, and I mean you're facing Degrom. What are you going to do? You know, so it, it was good to see Langoliers went deep off Degrom, but he that's Degrom. Yeah, you know, he's so good. But the thing so. is, is is something I was talking about in the post game show yesterday is, you know, it's just it's small fundamental things. Got to start throwing strikes. Got to play yeah. defense. There's certain things, you know, how much they're going to hit, we don't know. Um, how good they're going to be as pitchers, but you got to throw strikes. You have to throw yeah, strikes. Sure. You have to play defense. There's just certain things. That it doesn't matter which level of baseball you have to do to be successful. If the A's can just start doing that on a consistent basis, you'll see more wins. Yeah, you got, you got to throw strikes, man. It's just I know it sounds, uh, you know, that's it's. It, we say it's so basic, right? And we say, oh, you know, look, it's easy to say from the booth or where we are, throw strikes, but. Uh, these guys know it, and we the pitchers are talented enough to throw strikes. You just you, you got to throw them because you, you're just crushing yourself with walks. And, and these big league hitters, they take advantage of it. You walk guys, they're going to score. What did Tom Seaver say? He said, he goes, I don't know the, the true percentage, but I feel that 90% of the time I walk somebody, he's going to score. You know, even though that probably wasn't the, the percentages, it's probably, it's it's way up there. That's for sure. Now, leadoff walk, the percentages are really high. And that's yeah. why I try and tell people that, we're looking at it doesn't matter what level of baseball. There's fundamental yeah. things you have to do because I know big league broadcasters always like to talk about, well, here at the big league. No, at every level. You have to do certain yeah. things. At, it doesn't matter what level you're at. If you don't do them, it, it, it is going to be tough. Um, you know, we're going to start seeing a flux of guys. And, and here you got Sam Long that's coming in. Yeah. Uh, you've seen him. You know, what? Do you, it's a left-hander. I mean, the A's technically just need, I hate to say you need bodies, but you need arms. You need bodies and arms right now. You know, and Sammy Long is a guy that's going to throw strikes. I, that that I know. That's the one thing. He'll come in, he'll throw strikes. He's got the curveball. He's got the changeup. Uh, he's a guy that he, he's going to be around the plate, you know. And, and, look, I was surprised, and talking to some other people in the game, they were surprised that the Giants uh, – designated him they were they were surprised that you know because because he's a guy that even you know even if you don't see him at the big league level he's he's insurance wise for your triple a team to bring him up to the big leagues i i was really surprised they, they let him go and i think the a's are going to take advantage of that and i think he's going to do really well i think he's going to fit in well with the culture he's going to he's going to throw strikes he's going to come in and i think it's going to uh, be great for his career as well uh, i i really think this is a great Great sign for the A's. I think it's going to be really good. Breaking news out of Anaheim. Mark Kotze has just talked to the media scrum. Shintaro Fujinami, no longer do we have Saturdays with Fuji. He is moving to the bullpen. Wow. And, okay. And I don't know how much you caught of it because you would have been wrap, – you would have wrapped up and you were heading to the bus for to get on the plane. But Mark Kotze said after yesterday – that they're going to evaluate, and when he doesn't say nope, we're st we're staying the course. Fuji's going to be on Saturdays one day a week. When he didn't say that, I knew it meant something. Like he like like he's he's done with this. This is killing us. You show up one day a week and pitch two and a third, or you pitch four and a third. You're killing me. We're already having to plan our bullpen around your Saturdays, and then in your Saturdays you don't give us something. It kills us even more. No um, question. I'm not shocked by this. I know they had a plan with Scott Boris, but at some point, I mean, 
This is about survival with your bullpen. I mean, the bullpen has the highest ERA in baseball at 699, J.D., and the reason why is because starters, they're having to eat so many of these innings that should be starters' innings. And you and I talked about the long man. I, I, I like the way you grasp how important a long man is. I'm totally with you in the fact that it's not about a long man's ERA. It's no. about IP. It's about get, getting those innings and saving your bullpen for the next day and the day after that. And I think putting Fuji in the bullpen, first of all, he's had some innings where he's just been lights out. And you say, wow, he'd be great in the bullpen. We said that from the first time he pitched. Remember, he struggled. Yeah. We said, this guy in the bullpen, this guy could be in the bullpen and he could dominate for an inning or two and he maybe could be great out of the bullpen just let it go let it go you're 98 you're split at 92 and two innings and get out you know so this could be a really good move for the a's and a good move for fuji and i i just i think this is great and i think look you look at the last two starts of waldachuk and sears right look pretty darn good right like i mean you look at waldachuk his last 11 and a third three earned runs Sears, 12 innings, nine hits, six runs in his last two starts, 11 strikeouts. He's two walks, 14 strikeouts in his last two. Another good, you know, Muller, three out of his five starts have been decent, you know. So, look, uh, I don't know. I think there is some momentum. I know it's easy. To, it's hard to say that with Team 4 and 18, but I do think there's some momentum with the starting pitching. You got Sammy Long. I think, I don't know if Sammy Long is going to be a starter or the bullpen, probably start off in the bullpen. But I don't know, Tony. I, I just, I, I do see, I know I'm a, Guy, glass half full, but I do see some positive signs despite what's going on. I know obviously things are things are awful. It's 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 tough to see this team at four and eighteen and the run differential and all that. I get it, but um, there are some some positive signs, and I just hope it hope it turns around here. Yeah, and uh, bravo to Mark Kotze because who knows what some people in the front office wanted to do. Mark Kotze is basically saying, "I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> I can't." Yeah. I can. And the experiment of going one day a week and having you go on Saturdays, it is over. And, and that is um, that's good. But, yeah, at some point, uh, you, you got to get innings. You got to get innings from your starters. You're already seeing it tax your bullpen. It's not good. And we just talked to Mark Gubazaw. And Mark Gubazaw's great. And Mark, Mark Gubazaw played on some great teams. He played on some bad teams. And one of the things that is an art form is erasing Whatever happened in the past, erasing yesterday, erasing the past week, erasing the past month, and it's what you do tonight. Like, how, yeah. how, how do you, the old goldfish, as they laugh about from Ted Lasso, how, how do you, because it's hard for human beings. Our brains don't work that way. Our brains, right. it's, it's a, less than 24 hours, things were awful. We'll forget about that. It's hard to do that. It's, a, it's really a skill set. It is, and that's why the great pitchers, the great relievers, the great closers, even the great starting pitchers, and the great players have that short memory. Forget the 0 for 4, whatever, as, as a hitter. Forget the 0 for 12. It's a new day. Try to win the day. I know it's such a cliche, win the day, but really you start out 0 and 0 every day, right? And then you just got to, even though you've lost 18 to 22, that's in you right now. You got to find a way to turn it around. You, you, you just have to. And I, I look at Tony Kemp, and Tony Kemp's been struggling, obviously. You look at the numbers, but... Uh, I saw that first at bat he had Friday night where he just, he lined out to right. And you could say it was a good swing. I'm like, here we go. And the next at bat, he homers, right? So you just find these little things, right? Ledmus Diaz with a pinch hit single, a line drive shot up the middle uh, yesterday. Uh, these little things, you hope these can kind of get these guys momentum-wise to get get rolling because it's been uh, it's been tough, you know? And I, I will say this, Kotze, to his credit, uh, although I know it's uh, – 
it's been tough on him. He does kind of take it day by day, and he, he does have a positive mindset every day. At least he puts on the face that, look, we're going to try to win this day. You know, and I give him a lot of credit for what he what he's going through. He's handling this pr- pretty well. Well, you know, the commander makes sure that every single day here on A's Cast Live, we take it segment by segment. He does. He yeah. does. We got to go segment by segment. We can't. I can't think about yesterday's segments or the the next segment. I can only think about the segment that we're in now with you. That's why, because that's why you dominate. Because your present moment living, your present moment happiness. That's why. That's why you. That's why you do it well. During this interview, Jessica Kleinschmidt texted me on what she wants to talk about. But that's that's like six segments from now. I can't oh, look yeah. ahead. I can't look. Ooh. I can't win six 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 segments ahead. I got to win right now. I got to hey, win this you, one. How are you handling all the Pittsburgh Pirates talk with your partner? Is is it driving? Uh, you raise nuts? the Jolly Roger, my friend. Cannonball, cunning, and we got the fake sword going. We're all in on the Buckos. Drew Maggi. I mean, you're like the Drew Maggi of broadcasters. Drew Maggi. How about that story? Gosh. I meant to bring it up to Dallas. I never did on that on the broadcast. What what a great story 33, that was, huh? 33, like I had to go check. I'm like, what year? So 2010, he's at A-State, right? He's an Arizona yeah. guy. And he signs whatever he got. What, what round did he go in? So it wasn't very high. No. Uh, he's a college see. guy. He's one of those college guys. And he doesn't look like he's 33 years old either. He He's weathered, as they say. He looks uh, like Brad Osmus. 15th round. So he's a 15th rounder in 2010. He's 33 years old. He's still playing. And that's the one thing. It's like what people don't understand is there's a lot of conversations that people around you, whether it's parents, wife, whatever, they're going to be like, bro, you haven't made it to the big leagues. Yeah. Might be time to go find a real career, real job, use that education. I mean, you you hear those conversations, and this guy never gave up, and – he was speechless when the manager for the AAA team for the Bucks, t- he went through a whole thing and oh, then that. said yeah. it was. You can see it on the the Twitter, the Pirates account. It was real. He was speechless. Yeah. I, w- I wish there was going to be because they were all yelling speech, and then all of a sudden, all he could do was curse. But you knew how much it meant to him, and to think, I mean, that's one thing. We you know, AAA managers. It's something that you've seen your entire career. Something that Fran Reardon talks about. What's so special about the job is when a guy gets told for the first time, whether you're 22, 33, that you're finally going to live out your dream to go to the big leagues. I mean, talk about it, Johnny. You've been seeing it for a long, long time. Oh, it's incredible. You know, look, we had this. I saw it last year with the Rivercats with Jason Krizan as he got the call at 32 years old for the first time getting the big leagues. And there's nothing but tears. And one of the best call-ups, I think, is Jerry Blevins. Because I remember Blevins got called up. Of course, he was younger. He was 24. But he got called up in front of the entire Rivercats front office in the Solon Club. He got called up. And uh, our manager, Tony Francesco announced it. And uh, I tell you, people, everybody was crying. And uh, it was that, that was pretty emotional. But all the call-ups, and, I, and manage, AAA managers like to have fun with it. A lot of times they'll mess with the guy. They won't bring everybody. They'll mess with the guy and, you know, do these little fun little little pranks on him and then say they're going to the big leagues. Austin Slater had that happen several years ago. But it's always great. It's always different. Obviously, the greatest part of their job is to call a guy up. The worst part is to tell a guy that he's released or you're it's designated. Over. That's tough. That that that's tough to tell a guy his dream, you know, at th- for this particular time is over. So though that that's really hard, but all the all the call-ups through the years, the the biggest 
eruption I've ever heard, or I've heard through the grapevine, through the grapevine, I heard from these guys in the clubhouse, Tommy Everidge. They said it was the the loudest they've ever heard a clubhouse for a guy getting called up was Tommy Everidge when he got called up by the A's. I can't, I don't know, I don't know the year offhand, but they said that was that was the best call up. Uh, but it's 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 always great. It's always uh, all the players they they gather around the TV set in the big leagues, or they gather around the TV set in AAA to watch their guy that just got called up, whether he's pitching or he's hitting. And it's just uh, the, the one great thing about our sport that I think the other sports don't, the other sports don't have is is that call up uh, from from AAA, obviously. And it, it's it's amazing. It never gets old, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. I I, I I wish we had cameras on us when Delaire Lewers, our boss, called me to tell me that we were hiring you. The tears were flowing between the two of us. Between I, you and Cody? No, between Delaire and I. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I wish I wish they would have had the cameras on us, uh, knowing that you were coming to the big leagues. Well, thank you. For the first Thanks. time. Like, it wasn't like, who? Well, that it, was my reaction. Who? 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 Never, never heard of him. Oh, who's this Johnny guy? Oh, there was a job opening. We're hiring what? No, we didn't know. We tears of joy, my friend. Tears. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you, bro. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. I, I'm just, uh, you know, it's, I'm as I said earlier, I'm part of, part of a broadcast team. I was doing that by myself. I mean, with exceptions of doing TV with Sachs and JT Snow and Lasky, I did four thousand games by myself on the radio. Now wow. I'm part of a team with Ken and Vince and. And uh, and you and the commander, and of course, Glenn in Dallas and Jessica Kleinschmidt. So it's it's been awesome, man. It's cool being part of a team, and and, and uh, it's just been it's been awesome. I'm so enjoying it. Like like any other team, there's some people that rub you wrong. Like in family, you love all your family, but some people. So who on this family team so far has rubbed you wrong? Who's rubbed me wrong? Yeah, who God, have you been like, like? God, they're kind of a pain in the you know that that correct Ray guy. Jensen. Oh. I th- I think it's too. I think it's early. I think it's too early. I, I think I'm okay. so. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Who's the family? Ask me in July. Ask yeah. me in July. Because there's going to be somebody you're like, oh, dealing with Townsend is a pain in that. I mean, I, I understand. It, it's going to be there's somebody that's going to rub you wrong. We're going to want to know who of our family is that family member that like uh, Thanksgiving going to have to say Uncle Joe. <laughs> Uncle Joe, yeah, Uncle Joe gets drunk, and then you start. You know, there's always there's always somebody like that in the family. So we'll need that answer by July. I will, but I'll tell you this, Townie. I can never. I don't think I ever could be chapped by you because the last half hour of every time I do those post games, you save me. So it's like I can never. You, you know, you come online. I'm like, oh, Townie's back. I'm back, oh, baby. God. I'm here for you. I, there's one uh, thing you can say whatever you want about me. I'll never leave you hanging. I appreciate that. I, I am a. That. I'm a. I was a great wingman back in the day. Great. Thank you. For That's people awesome. that know what wingmen are. Yes. <laughs> well, you know what? Have a great night's sleep. There's nothing like your own pillows, your own bed. Oh, it's the best. The best. Thanks, Tony. Love you, buddy. All right, we'll buddy. See you guys. Johnny right. Dosco talking call-ups. Drew Maggi's a great story. Sam Long. Is Sam Long and me, is he with us tonight? Uh, I don't know if they tweeted anything. but I, I mean, would... do we have time to get somebody from, from, from? Wherever Sacramento was playing. To Anaheim? I think you have time. I think he, he should be there. I mean, do they have a big airport in Southern California that we can get him to? Let me see. If like Mar- LAX? Let me see if Martin tweeted anything because he's – All right, we're on at 555 pre, right? Yes. Yeah, so like- All right, we got to go. We want to thank the great Mark Gubaza, our buddy Gooby, the World Series champion, the All-Star, and now the TV face 
of Halo's broadcasting. Obviously, JD right there will be back tomorrow. Uh, stop talking about the schedule. Don't bring me the NFL talk. I don't want to hear about schedule. Balls are juiced. Anything else we need to remind people we went over? Uh, no, that's it. We got we to gotta get into the David Cohn playing with the sicky substance thing from Sunday Night Baseball. Rubbing alcohol can play a big part in that. Now, if if his experiment was that sticky, then why would you need spider tack? Good question. Like, literally, David Cohn showed on Sunday Night Baseball, he did the rosin, he really didn't have sweat, but he, I, I, I watched a little bit on, on Instagram. But then he, he, he did rubbing alcohol and then the rosin again, and the ball just stuck to his fingers. I mean, if that if if that's like what was spider tack like, and why would you need spider tack then if you can get that? I, I have questions. Yeah, I do too. As my friend Dan Plesak says on MLB Network, never go out there alone. Back in his day, never go out alone. I mean, always take a little pine tar with you. Oh, well, there. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to have A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Thank you, A's fans, baseball fans, for watching us right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.